Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about season three, episode 24, A Devil of My Word, which is the season's finale! Ah! Yeah, that it is. There's just so much in this episode. We're gonna go through all of it all. Before we go into the episode, since this is the season finale, and I checked our calendar, when this episode comes out, it's your final day to send in your feedback. So if you listen to this on the first day it came out, go to your computer, open up your email program, send us an email to lucifer at tiot-podcast.com and let us know what you think, what you feel, what you like, what you dislike, anything at all. We appreciate it. Yes, please. But now, for the episode, the team is brought together by Charlotte's death and unites against their now known common enemy, Pierce, aka the Sinner Man. Meanwhile, Maze and Linda mend their friendship and at the end, Lucifer kills Pierce and Chloe finally gets to see Lucifer's devil face. Here we go. This is a ride. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So, for the obsession of the week. I feel like Lucifer's obsession is not per se obsession. Usually he would get like more intense about stuff. I feel this time his specific obsession is keeping Chloe safe by getting rid of Kane. I went boring and just went with Chloe again. Eh, I don't like repeating the same ones, so I always try to find something around. But yeah, I mean, same Z's. Exactly. So that's okay. We have some fun facts for this week because we have a fifth time director returning in Eagle Eagleson. Woohoo, yeah, I remember him this time. Whose name is one of my favorite names and his most recent episode was the Infernal Guinea Pig. That's the one with Abel. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. We also have ninth time writer Joe Henderson returning. His most recent was My Brother's Keeper with Ella's Brother and the Diamonds. The title is obviously said by Lucifer. This is also the highest rated episode of the series on IMDb with a 9.8 rating. Wow, I did not expect that. And of course, Fox officially cancelled the series on May 11, 2018. One month later, Netflix picked the series for a fourth season of 10 episodes and that season was released in 2019. So at this point, people were worried, horrified, because at this moment in time, there was not supposed to be anything else. There are two more episodes released. They were, as far as I know, released as a two-hour special, but they have nothing to do with the normal storyline so people were virtually rioting and Netflix saved them so thank you Netflix wasn't Lucifer the first show that was picked up like this and I feel like that kind of started the trend of streaming services picking up shows that have been dropped by networks which is kind of interesting and I'm sure we're gonna get into this in the summoning episode so if you have any opinions on this please do write in if you were right there when this was happening if you were on Twitter if you were part of the safe Lucifer hashtag please let us know because we did not go through this in real life and I would really love to hear your experience But now, the time 
has come for previously on Lucifer. Dan and Charlotte finally got together. Linda dated Ames but left him for Mace. Mace is still pissed off about it. Kane proposed to Chloe and she said yes, but then she changed her mind. Mace still cares about Linda. Chloe and Lucy are finally being open about their feelings. Charlotte is shot dead by Kane. Ames fixes his wings to bring her to heaven. Lucy knows Ames has his wings back and Dan is heartbroken over Charlotte. I think this is one of the longest previously on that we had. This is nearly a minute long. Yeah. Well, there was a lot that happened in this 24 episode long season. We needed to make sure that we are ready for what's about to come. Not to mention, they completely glanced over the entire cinnamon timeline in the previously on so they are still relying on us surprisingly even though it becomes relevant i called it well it's good i mean it's good that they brought it back and it's good that they didn't just waste the first what five episodes seven episodes of this season on completely useless time situation that is debatable and we're gonna be talking about that in the summoning episode that we will. The previously on set us up to be right back in the emotional state that we were at the end of last episode. I mean, we basically frame by frame get the ending of last episode with Dan cradling Charlotte's dead body in his arms. But apparently we stayed right at the crime scene. Just the only difference is now it's starting to be day. When she was yeah. shot, it was night. So apparently yes. we've spent some time there. Yeah, they definitely did at least one sweep of the crime scene by now. We have a conversation at first where Lucifer is being really, really sad and Chloe is trying to comfort him. He goes on and says, well, at least you're going to get to see her again in heaven. And she gives him this puzzled look. While they have their conversation, we get confirmation that there were no witnesses for Charlotte's murder. Hence, it makes no sense that she got this phone call practically the instant the murder occurred in the way it got presented last episode. Because if it had been a Manadiel who called her like we theorized last episode, then she would not have said that there were no witnesses. So the question remains, who called her? In the end, we theorized that he called her from Charlotte's phone. Hence, he may have not introduced himself. She may have not recognized his voice. Yes, then it would be, we haven't found the witness. Mm. But she explicitly says that there are no witnesses and no security footage. So how in all that is possible did they learn about this murder so quickly to be there in the same night and for her to get the phone call? So this timeline chaos to me now just got confirmed it does not get resolved within the episode and maybe i'm gonna put this on the list of questions if we ever see illy or joe because she wrote last episode he wrote this episode one of the two of them should be able to answer this question who called chloe yeah it didn't bother me at all i was too invested in the emotional situation when i get confirmation that i'm right i revel in it yeah so i didn't notice i did not notice so that Ella is being extremely sad over Charlotte which on one hand makes absolute sense but also it just proves to me that they actually ended up being friends and she actually cared deeply for her which made me very happy because we all love Charlotte come on like again what's not to love not gonna go to another Charlotte rant so <laughs> let's 
continue and let me rant about something else because obviously Pierce instantly inserts himself into the crime scene which makes sense he is the lieutenant he has every right to be there but it is so aggravating to see him there the confrontation between him and Daniel when he basically tells him to go home it's just ah it's infuriating I never hated Pierce as much as I did at this moment and this is one of the moments I feel terribly terribly sorry for Dan but I want to say this once and hopefully not going to repeat myself this entire episode Kevin Alejandro fucking kills this episode he is by far at large the MVP acting wise in this episode it is absolutely brilliant yeah I agree with you it is infuriating it's extremely infuriating mainly because we know what's happening and what happened and I know that Kane telling Dan to go home makes sense because any normal person would say listen you are very upset you don't have to be here we will take care of it also you can't be here because you are personally involved in this case so you cannot be the one to prosecute it I mean, in that case, we could say that about everybody in there, though. Exactly. Regardless, he is there for selfish reasons. He is trying to make sure he won't be caught. And Lucifer shares his theory, or rather, aims his theory about the self-actualization, or how did you say you were going to call it now? (laughs) Unconscious influence unconscious influence and if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about you need to listen to the bonus material where I talk at length about what self-actualization actually is and what the thing Amenadiel described in his theory is yeah Lucifer shares this theory with Cain and I wonder if Cain's gonna use it for his own plans because that would be interesting at this point I was mostly confused how Pierce was going to proceed in general because he now has confirmation that Amenadiel is now a full-fledged angel again which means he is now immortal again so he can't shoot God's favorite son to get his mark back which I honestly still did not believe to be his core motivation so back when he formulated that this was his plan towards Mace I was skeptical that this was his reasoning and I'm still not on board with this so I was very curious what his new plan was gonna be now that God's favorite son was not available for murder. I also appreciated the fact that Lucifer caught the little eagerness of Cain being actually happy that Ames doesn't seem to be in the picture currently. And I was just saying, follow your gut feeling, Lucifer. Yes. So that's me on this scene. And then we move over and this is Charlotte's place, right? Not Dan's place. This is Charlotte's place, yeah. I think the files and the the waffle maker kind of proofs. It still felt very lived in by both of them, which surprised me after such a short timeline. I mean, they have been together for what? One proper night and then she died? Uh, It feels like it's longer because he's gotten her the thingy the bracelet and stuff but also it couldn't have been much longer because yeah, yeah. and so as he is in at, yeah and as he is at Charlotte's place we get a song that kind of corresponds with his pain by Diane Birch and it's called The End I don't know it just felt so painful watching him because he walks in and you have all these mementos the cup with the lipstick and the files all over the place 
of course, Dan loses his shit for a moment and he throws the waffle iron, which very understandable. He kills it in this moment. This scene is heartbreaking. But then he goes to the table that he just broke and he finds the Pierce investigation. He finds the Cinnamon investigation. And I fucking called it. I said so last episode he now knows that pierce is dirty and i'm so so fucking happy that the callback now is relevant with charlotte investigating the cinnamon angle that mm -hmm. she did not let it go that she did not focus only on the supernatural part but on the good old-fashioned police work angle and it's so nice that now this all comes together and gets tied off with a neat little bow and i was only worrying that dan might now do something Something stupid like go up and shoot Pierce in the head or something. But yeah, I'm very, very happy that now he's on to him. Yeah, I had the very same notes. I uh, was just really hoping that he's not going to do anything stupid. But also this meant for me, Kane is fucked because Dan will not let this go. Even <laughs> if he would manage to run away from Lucifer, even if he'd managed to convince everybody that he didn't do it, Dan will not let him leave dan will not let him disappear he will get him for this so that made me very happy i mean dan used to be a dirty cop so he knows all the tricks yep not that it helps him much later now we get a short scene where we get a final confirmation that kane has decided to go back into his cinderman identity and he meets his assistant person but at least in this scene we get confirmation that mace because that woman can only be mace is still alive yes yes this transitions us into the next scene because now we see mace and while she is in pretty bad shape and apparently still under the drugs influence that pierce injected into her she is alive which i mean it kind of makes sense because he seems to wanting to use her for something but also i am still convinced knowing mace it was a bad move on his part to leave her alive but she wipes the floor with the first group, even with still being kinda drugged. And she turns the corner and she sees more thugs. But I believe that she's got this. I had not a second of doubt there. But I'm gonna get this out of my system now. So I don't mm -hmm. have to complain later when we have the sweet moment. Mace is now on a must-rescue-Linda mission. And this is when I realized that this is gonna be the shorthand for mending their relationship relationship and I hate it. The break of their friendship cannot be mended by Linda is in danger and Maze has to protect her and now we're friends again. And so okay. I'm gonna get this out of my system now so I don't have to ruin the sweet reunion moment at the end. That's fair enough. Yeah. But I'm gonna state it now. I hate it and I hope they fix it in the next season because the way it is now, nope. You are allowed to have your wrong opinion. <laughs> You're entitled to your wrong opinion, you mean to say. <laughs> Essentially the same thing, different words. But yes, that's the gift that I was going for. Now, we get this beautiful transition, as per usual, where Mace turns around a corner and she sees this group of dudes playing poker or whatever and yes I also agree there was not a shadow of a doubt on my mind that she's not going to be able to take them and then we get a cut and we have 
Chloe say, I hope Mace is okay. Yeah. Which was beautiful and sweet and it was just perfect timing as per usual. It's also nice to see that even with Mace playing all the fields, she apparently is still a trusted babysitter for Trixie, which in my mind means that Trixie and Mace have mended their relationship. At least in some capacity. Yeah, I agree. So I would have preferred to witness it. I mean, but the, the, then they would spell it out too much, you know? No, that would mean lines and screen time for Trixie and we can't have that. Just like last well, episode with the bachelor party. No, previous to last episode with the bachelor party. When was the bachelor party? You know what I mean. I know what you mean, yeah. I was not happy with that. Give Trixie more screen time and more lines yes. for fuck's sake. Now, enters Danielle and this actually made me extremely happy because he Same. brings his files and we were both worried that he's going to do something stupid with the information. But he actually does the best thing he can and that is that he brings this to Chloe and Lucifer. And I do have to say every single thing that Lucifer does in this scene is on point. It's so good. Yes. They are really lucky to have him. Chloe gets pissed at him for not telling her that he was the sinner man. He saves this really well. Lucifer is right. She wouldn't have believed him. Yeah. She's like, oh no, you told me that he's immortal or whatever. And Lucifer's like, yeah, well, it's not like you'd believe that he's the sinner man. Not to mention Chloe didn't even believe that there was a sinner man at the beginning. So why would she suddenly believe that her lieutenant slash her boyfriend slash her fiance is this bad dude Mm. then obviously Dan gets upset and tries to attack Lucifer Lucifer hugs him and saves the moment which is such a good play there is just so many little things that Lucifer does in this scene that saves the entire situation while they are in the conference room Lucifer is definitely completely on his A game Mm -hmm. but once they leave the room because Pierce shows up like Ella is like hey Pierce wants to make an announcement or something and then he has this moment where he chokes up and has to suppress the tears and Chloe just looks at him and goes like nope he's guilty yeah see I was hoping that he's gonna fuck it up with his speech because he was going out on a limb and yep he can manipulate anybody but not Chloe she is better the thing is he has manipulated her for the entire season but while he manipulated her he showed too much of himself well he had to he put himself too far out there and now she is able to at least get some reads on him because she is fucking super cop Chloe Mm -hmm. Decker I would expect nothing less of exactly. her. Very much there for it. But mostly I am here for having this team up of Chloe, Lucifer and Dan together united against Pierce. And this is... 10 minutes into the episode, I'm like, yep, this is a very satisfying setup for the finale. I am more than happy with this. And then we get the title card and I'm just like, hell to the yeah! So this was the second I was completely on board with this finale. I was also really, really excited because now that Chloe is involved and on board, we know that they're not gonna just try to make him go away or something like that. They're gonna actually take him down. They're gonna make sure sure that he gets what he deserves but they're not gonna hurt anybody else in the process and also not to mention that i was so happy that finally chloe sees him for the fucker that he is (sighs) we have the title card and right afterwards we have this 
lab scene where Ella has the magically appearing additional evidence that showed up because Pierce ordered an additional sweep and he's so amazing. I was like, poor Ella, she doesn't know any better. And the second Chloe tries to involve Ella, in my assumption, Pierce shows up and holy shit, the self-restraint Dan exhibits in this scene. Bravo. He truly is a better man than anyone deserves him to be. I would not have that self-restraint. Definitely not. I really like the shout out to improv because this is what I was saying all along. Because (laughs) improv is fun. Improv is great and improv is great if you need to learn stuff. It's a tool that you can use then later in your life or in your acting experience or something. And this is exactly what happens. He finally has a use for improv and I'm so proud of him. And it's really sweet for Lucifer that he notices. I know. But of course, we wrap this up with Chloe apparently having a plan. Yeah. Which is the best type. Now she's the one with the brain, Lucifer with the skills, and Daniel with the motivation and the self-restraint. Yep. It's always good to have somebody who's not Lucifer or Chloe on this trail because once we have more people involved, it feels like it's more real, I suppose. And more professional. And more professional, yes, for sure. So we start working the case. I named the next scene Arresting the Dick. <laughs> okay, why not? I just found it so hilarious when they are there and he comes in and he's like, oh, it wasn't we. I know. What? (laughs) Yeah. He did not expect that. And he keeps talking. And one of the things he says is good cop, bad cop, sad cop. Fuck yes. That was very, very good writing. And they find the fucking weapon. And obviously the dude is having a party today and there was everyone there just to make it harder. Yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. Also, I really like the plan that they have that they are not going directly after Pierce right now, that they're trying to figure out how he managed to find his fall guy. So again... As you mentioned before, the three of them together is the, the ideal combination to solve crimes. It's great. Yes. They are together. They are unbeatable. Yes. But we get to see something that I love when they go there. It's them showing that Linda has other patients than just Celestials. Because <laughs> I tend to forget it. Same. I'm not gonna lie. And it's Same. always a nice reminder to see some random real human being actually helped by Linda and then of course it's not just us who forgets that Linda has real patience it's all the celestials and all the supernatural beings in this universe as well because Maze just bursts in and tries to attack this poor poor patient which to me just proves that Linda should not have non-celestial patients What? But this is so much fun. Yeah, but it's also gonna re-traumatize her poor client. Ah, it'll be grand. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. It's not everyone is out to get me. Enter Maze. But damn, she looks like she killed 50 people at 20 miles or something. So that was very, very nicely done. I just really love 
the facts that Mace took all of them down for Linda because it has been scientifically proven that emotion, strong emotion towards people will make us do things that are unthinkable and crazy. Also, she's not human, so... Yeah, even worse for them because now they're all dead. Yay! Okay. (laughs) It just made me very happy to see that because you can see the genuine care and love because if that wasn't there, she would have never made it out, I don't think. If she didn't have the motivation, it, it would be much more difficult for her anyway. Bite also is a very, very strong motivator for many people. Yeah. Not like I'm talking from experience or anything. I mean, it is, but I think love is stronger. I think it depends on the person. Definitely. There is a debate that we could have for a very long time. We go over to the party and... Chloe is her fucking competent super cop self. And yeah. it's so nice to see how they're standing there and the fall guy just goes like, okay, this dude did this thing and this woman did this thing and they go through it and she's like, wait a moment. The cinnamon is really good at what he does. So when he helps someone fix a situation, we wouldn't even know about it. So it cannot be one of these obviously crooked people. Mm -hmm. The reasoning is perfectly sound. Mm -hmm. Just to mention, there is a song called Refugees playing in the party. It's by Sonny Smith and it is YouTube only. But yeah, Yes, exactly as you just described. Chloe is being extremely smart. No surprise there whatsoever. And looking for someone who is squeaky clean, to use their own words, is the best idea. And it it works. Absolutely works. But of course, this is the moment where we have the confirmation for Lucifer with the theory Amenadiel has formulated. Now with the explicit statement, every time I look into the mirror, I see a monster. You see Tom Allison's face you see the self-recognition starting to work click 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 in his brain but what I loved most about this short moment at the limo is how the three of them work together in tune Mm -hmm. Lucy with his power Daniel with the confrontational approach and Chloe being the one who translates and then uses whatever comes out of it Mm -hmm. so their teamwork really works and this is so well done and written Mm -hmm. also I love Love the support and confirmation Chloe gives for Lucifer's shtick with the what is it you desire because Dan reacts very aggressively Mm -hmm. and she's like no 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 it works I have no idea what it is but it works so it's nice to see her have Lucifer's back see to me this is another confirmation that maybe somewhere deep 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 down in the back of her mind she might not be as oblivion as she pretends to be or as she consciously is maybe it's in her unconscious uh, but not yet in her pre-conscious yes for sure i'm good <laughs> which only that. makes sense if you listen to the devil to the details or if you know freud <laughs> or if you know freud but now we go into the garage part of the precinct and i must confess that when we see ella approaching dan i was skeptical if it was sensible to get her into the know because she has not proven to be that competent in certain situations but very competent in others so It's a potential hit or miss. Let's say she doesn't have the bestest poker face. But sometimes she does. Sometimes she does, yeah. Like, remember Las Vegas? Yeah, but I mean, you don't really need poker face for playing blackjack. 
I mean, when the whole situation dissolves and everything. Oh, yeah, true. I had the same worry and then he shares with her and we get the cut when she's pacing in front of Pierce's door. And I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Same. I was just very, very nervous. But then she walks in and she starts telling all these things to Pierce. And I was like, she wouldn't do that. This must be a part of their plan because she might not be the best at times in uh, presenting lies or anything, but she would not consciously betray them like this. So I calmed down a little bit. I agree with you. The second she starts talking to Pierce, I was also pretty sure this is a setup. And then we have this beautiful cut over after Pierce calls on the phone like hey one of my cops is onto you we have this cut over to charlotte's or dance i'm still not sure at whose place we are and it is 100 percent a setup because daniel would not drink himself into a stupor until they have solved this case afterwards yes i could see him doing that if he didn't have any leads at all. If he didn't know that Pierce was the cinema. Yeah, if he didn't know anything and there would be no evidence and no leads, I could see him do that because he'd be desperate. And a few days of desperation have passed, but yeah. not while he is in an active investigation. Definitely. So obviously Dan wakes up and they capture this dude. Did you write down his name? Because I didn't. Okay, Did perfect. Did I even say Thank his you. name? I didn't write down anybody's name, to be fair. I just call him henchman all the time. I don't think I even referred to him as anything but the dude. Okay. Anyway, they capture him because, yay, they're smart. So we have Ella being at work, Chloe and Dan capturing this guy, and Lucifer enters mm. Kane's office. This was a bit of a conundrum for me, what he is trying to achieve there until we get to the next scene, because I wasn't really sure if this was a part of the plan, but everything else was so far, so I chose to believe that it was. I was sure that him talking to Pierce was part of the plan, but I was very sure it was not part of the plan for Lucifer to get arrested. Oh no, yeah. I agree. (laughs) But this scene had some gems in it. One, obviously, being the I'm invulnerable and you're not, which very smartly drives home the point that being vulnerable is a temporary thing for Lucifer, but now permanent for Cain. And then he just tops it off with, for every lie, I will break a body part. Oh, that's so good. And I'm just like, oh yeah. I was really hoping that he would lie. Samesies. Absolutely. Unfortunately... Kane is very cooperative. He has the audacity of telling the truth because he knows that there is nothing for him to gain if he lies. Also, at the end of the scene, we get shown that he is in a position of power here, mm-hmm. which, which we Lucifer did. doesn't realize. Yeah, and I, mean, I also I didn't, didn't. I didn't either. Yeah, same. But we also get confirmation that now Lucifer is one thousand percent on board with Amenadiel's theory. Yeah, which I love because so am I. Yeah. And then obviously, because Cain knows these things about Lucifer, he proves himself to be the little fucker. (laughs) He uses the information that he has on Lucifer, which is the fact that he wants to be good. He used this information against him. So I might even slightly change that from my perspective. It's not that he wants to be good. I believe that he actually is good, unlike Cain. And... 
as smart as it was from Cain to do this and as dumb as it was from Lucifer to put himself in this situation, it was also mm, very annoying. Let's just put it that way. I didn't mention this in the beginning. The German title for this episode is different. It is good or evil. Interesting. So this fits perfectly in what you just said. For once in our lives, the German title actually agrees with my views. And I also agree with you. I think Lucifer is inherently good. And this is what makes him struggle with the whole devil persona in the first place. Because Mm -hmm. he is not a monster. He is not the devil. Yeah. But we have to talk about one thing more in this scene. Mm -hmm. Because... We were both right. Lucifer says that Pierce fell in love with Chloe, which caused him to do the selfless act, which then causes him to lose the mark, which I formulated in the beginning that the falling in love with Chloe is what's going to make it happen. So I'm going to count this as a point. But also Lucifer says she never loved you. And I believe him. So that is a point for you because this is something that you said, that she was never truly in love with Pierce. So one scene, one sentence, one point each. Yay! Wanted to point this out. Thank you. I didn't realize that there was something that confirmed my previous theories. Thank you. See, I keep count for both of us. Good, because I sure don't. (laughs) No, we go to the penthouse. Oh my god. I at first got relieved to realize that Lucifer actually was supposed to come to Kane's office and have a conversation. Maybe not directly on that topic, but it wasn't entirely bad. I mean, they should have known better. They should have known that Lucifer is not the best choice to send there. Also, though, he was the only choice. Yes, they should have known better, but he was their only option. Also, Ella now being an active part of their group and being out for blood and being on Lucifer's side. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I would have done the Finally. same. Took way too many episodes, Ella. And now it's not just the trio with the teamwork. No, it's our quartet with the teamwork. And I fucking love it. I kept the phone call in the penthouse because Chloe stays in the penthouse while she talks to him on the yeah. phone. Same these. And I mean, Chloe has many very, very endearing abilities and competencies but she is not a player and so while I appreciate her attempt to play Marcus he is the player so it is not surprising that she can't play him I mean I think it was a good try yes it was a valid attempt (laughs) but it was doomed I also think her chances were much higher since this was done over the phone. And I think that she was very close to pulling this off. But she shouldn't have directly asked him where he is because that kind of... Why would she ask that? I don't know. I think there was a small chance for for this to work. And I actually really, really liked that she tried. Oh yeah, she had to try. No question there. So he hangs up, he ends this phone call and he sees all his downed fucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Just one more thing. Have you noticed Dan's reaction to Chloe saying that Pierce is Kane? He just no. looks at Lucifer going like, what the fuck? And Lucifer's like, what? It's true. Oh, right. Like, what has Lucifer told you? That you're an immortal, that you're Kane. Yeah. And Lucifer's like, it's true. 
That was so funny. But yes, we see Kane walking amongst the corpses, I would assume, of his henchmen. We have this whole moment seeing the consequence of Maze's actions. And just to kind of connect it real nicely, we go to Linda's and we see Maze being passed out on Linda's couch, which, again, a beautiful transition. I didn't write down much about this scene, but to me, this was the best way their reunion could ever go. And I just felt really warm and fuzzy over this scene. I feel like they went throughout this season, they went through so much stuff. They found their way back to each other, which gets highlighted by Mace actually deciding to express everything, her feelings with words and finishing up with you're safe because you know she's there and she's gonna protect Linda so it just made me very warm and fuzzy I'm very glad that it worked for you we cut very quickly not even 10 seconds back to Pierce because he has now found the demon blade which of course means level playing field for him and Lucifer now he can kill Lucifer yeah we had this specific shot in the last episode when Mace and Cain were fighting one of her demon blades slid underneath one of the shelves or couch or something and it was a clear Chekhov's gun situation I knew there and then that it's gonna become important and here we go it's nice that they prep it and then use it essentially my last note on this scene is I want Cain to die so bad (laughs) don't we all but first we have to go back into the penthouse Lucifer is standing on his balcony nursing a drink as usual and Ella has a moment of weakness in her faith I did not see it coming that Lucifer was going to be the one to help her restore it more or less more or less she goes with the I know God's will is difficult to understand and everything happens for a reason blah 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 the typical phrases but she doesn't see any reason in this or she's having a really hard time finding a reason Lucifer goes on to explain that basically with not so many words free will is a thing and humans are responsible for their own actions and consequences. We have no one to blame but ourselves. We are the responsible parties. And that is one of the baselines in general discussion about God and faith and belief. How much does free will influence faith and how much do you leave up to higher powers and yadi yadi yadi. And so it's nice that it gets at least mentioned even though just very very briefly. Also I'm very much with Ella now putting the big guy on probation by putting her cross away and I want to put an addendum to the we've got no one to blame but ourselves and we have to blame Pierce like a big amount goes to Pierce Oh, for sure, for sure. We go back inside the penthouse and we have Dan and Chloe talking to their captive, to the henchman. And Chloe doesn't really get far with him, but Dan takes over. And fuck me. Dan, in this entire episode, the way he takes the gun and he starts talking that he used to be a dirty cop and Pierce called him a dirty cop the first time they met. And how he plays this... Uh, yeah, but it's it's just ah, it it works so so well, and he's so convincing. And I totally bought the whole sister crap from the henchman. 
Yeah, like to me, it was kind of an interesting point of view because that would maybe inclined that he is his right hand slash henchman or whatever just because he's trying to protect his sister, which kind of felt like a bit of a stretch, but it wasn't enough for me to doubt his words. I did not remember what was going to happen in the future. And also, I just wanted to say that maybe Dan was a corrupt cop, maybe he did some questionable things but absolute majority of the time he did it with good intentions he did it to save life of chloe he did you it... do know what the way to hell is paved with though oh yeah i mean obviously I do, i'm not saying this is the excuse but i think there is a difference between done dealing with this and and like going around it this way or going around his problems this way and then having peers who just does it because he thinks it's fun oh of course they're not nearly the same but still good intentions but we've tried having a discussion about intent and effect several times and it never worked so kind of not believing that we're gonna manage it this episode. I wasn't planning on it. Listen, I'm not saying that the intent in this situation always would matter. I think it it still puts them on a different in a di on a different path. Also, this is a point where I was just really, really getting into the episode. It was so nerve wracking for me to follow what's happening because I remembered that this is the one with the wings being shot at. This is the episode, but that was all I remembered. So I didn't realize this was a trap until we had the conversation in the alley. Until it is made very, very clear. Yeah, because <laughs> they would never have had that type of a conversation if the writers weren't setting us up for this is not going to happen, it's not going to come down to this. I am not a fan of the conversation in the alley because yeah. it's so obvious that this is not the moment to have this talk. Yeah, of course. I do want to say one more thing about this conversation, though. I feel like, and I felt like this for majority of this episode I am quite confident at this stage that Lucifer is ready to show Chloe a proof of his words after this is all over so this is what kind of jumped out at me in this conversation because she's like I don't want to have this anymore I don't want to talk in metaphors and Lucifer's like okay well whatever I will show you the real me yeah we cut back to the penthouse and get this wonderful phone call with he's an only child and so my note is in all caps it's a trap! And then my favorite part of this episode begins to unfurl with the trap snapping and everything escalating. I mean... Pierce showing up and being like, well, Chloe, you can just walk away. This is between Lucifer and me. It's like, dude, what did you expect? Of course, she's not going away. So him going with the weapon, pointing at her, lowering it slightly, putting it back up was like, dude, are you just posturing or did you really expect her to leave? I think he didn't expect her to react the way she did. I can definitely see him realizing that she's not going to leave, but I don't think that he realized that she would actually shot him. So I think that was a surprise. I also think he didn't want her to get hurt, but he would do it if that's necessary. I don't think he had much of a regret that she got shot. <sighs> I think it was Chloe's best move that she could have done. The fact that she stands in front of Lucifer. Okay, but if Pierce doesn't care about her safety, then it doesn't matter where she's standing because all the thugs are standing upstairs and shooting down into the middle anyway. My basic question is, did he see seriously expect her to not be involved in this entire scene? Yes or no? No. Then why is he doing the whole hesitant
second bullshit with having the gun pointed at her and lowering it and getting it up and lowering it again. I think he was hoping that she's gonna step away. That doesn't mean that he expected her to. Okay, so Chloe shoots Pierce. Pierce shoots Chloe. Pierce didn't shoot Chloe. Who, sh- who shoots uh, her the, then? The guy that stands next to him shoots her. Okay, so Chloe shoots Pierce. Dude 17 shoots Chloe. Pierce shouts at them to shoot at them. And suddenly... The wings pop out and I'm very much confused because the wings get bloodied, but they are bulletproof enough that no bullets go through. So are they semi-bulletproof or what? I don't know. I think he gets hurt, but it doesn't get through. Exactly. So is there a middle layer in the wings that doesn't get penetrated? But until to that depth you get bloody feathers. It just made no sense to me that he gets bloody, but not a single shot gets through the wings. Well, we don't know that. For one, he is holding Chloe in a certain position and he is making himself bigger, essentially, by wrapping them in his wings so they don't have as clear shot on at him so it might be easier for them to miss the target and also like it's not just feathers you know like it the feathers need to be attached to something so my assumption was that the bullets wouldn't get through that part okay for me the position the shooters are in it's basically impossible for them to miss this is the uh, iconic beautiful picture and gift that definitely is gonna get attached to some sort of posts about this episode because it's the one where Lucifer kind of hugs the both of them with his wings while they are in a storm of bullets. This kind of climaxes into a situation where everybody just stops shooting and they're no longer there. So I like the fact that he uses the second when all of them, weirdly enough, run out of bullets at the same time, which kind of makes sense because they all started shooting at the same time and flies Chloe out of there, which he is protecting Chloe and she is his first priority, even if it means that he's gonna die or if he, it, even if it means that he's gonna get shot or whatever. So I very much like that bit about this scene. Oh, this scene is beautiful. I just have so many questions how it works <laughs> logistically because a man with his plucked wings could not fly, but now Lucifer just having caught, I don't know, 5,000 automatic bullets on his wings has apparently no trouble flying away with Chloe to far away enough that he then gets no longer affected by her being around to have the final fight at the end of the episode. So logistically, I have all the questions. From a cinematic point of view, this is beautifully done. No questions asked. The whole setup with the room being round and having the balcony on top and the stairs in the middle with the big window behind it where he later on will come crash through with the dust settling from all the stone statues that are also in this room and from the dust apparently even his feathers created. So cinematically beautiful. Logically, I have issues. It wouldn't be you if you didn't. So he saved both of them from this moment. He flew them to a rooftop with a helicopter landing space, which I found fucking hilarious that Lucifer landed on a helipad. (laughs) Okay. Also, he is leaving bits and pieces of his wings everywhere. When the camera pans over the helipad, we see all these tiny pieces of his wings. And calling back to when he cut off his wings and 
Maze kept just this one feather to then later on save Amenity's life. I'm like, hmm, it can't be good if so many pieces of his wings are just flying around the city. Probably. So I'm curious if in the next season we're gonna have an episode where some rando normie happens across a shot of feather of Lucifer's wings or something. Just a random thought that crossed my mind that I actually would find hilarious because actions have consequences consequences right for sure and speaking of actions having consequences we see that chloe was wearing a vest so yay very chloe this is the moment where lucifer decides okay she's safe here i'm gonna leave her there because then i can go do my thing as the badass that i am i have a question so do you think that he now knows exactly how far away he needs to be for her yes Okay, so that's why he chose that place. Yes. Okay, now, as I said before, speaking of consequences, we get a song called Treat Me Like Your Mother by the Dead Weather, and Lucifer is flying back through the window into the round room. He is knocking everybody down with his wings. It looks so good. It's so well done. It's beautiful. The song is perfect for the situation. It's this rock song slash metal. I did consider if he actually is killing them. I don't think he actually kills any of the henchmen. Oh, yes, he does. I have a huge talking point about this. Does he actually, or does he just knock them out and then halt somebody shooting somebody else? Does it not count as killing humans when he holds one human, turns him around so that while that human he's holding is shooting, other people are being shot? See, this is something that I wanted to bring out with Kane's death and I'm sure that we're gonna have a long debate about that in the future not just in this episode but Kane's death is very very clear who did what but in this moment I don't think it counts I think that technically he is not the one killing them but we have this whole situation and it's beautifully choreographed and this whole moment ends up with Kane stepping up with his gun, confronts Lucifer, and then we have a shortcut back to the roof. Chloe is being called by Dan and Ella so that they can tell her it's a trap, which, ta-da, she knows. <laughs> they found out the hard way. This is where she verbalizes that now there is doubt in her mind, that maybe there is more to this than she was willing to believe, which is what leads me to assume that she remembers the wings. I think this is mainly based on the fact that she woke up on the helipad, but yeah, either way, she has doubts in her mind about the situation, and then she hears the shots, hangs up the phone, and heads downstairs. And we go into the final scene in the final episode of the season. Yep. Take it away. I'm gonna just put in the song right now. It starts playing a little bit further into the scene, but let's get it out of the way. It's called The Beginning of the End. Very fitting title. It is by Clergy in cooperation with Valerie Broussard because we love her and she's the best. It is also the point of my Devils in the Music this week. So want to know more about the song or Clergy itself? go there. Now, we have Cain taking out the blade and Lucifer seems amused by the idea of this being a fair fight. Which makes sense because Cain is a human and Lucifer is an angel. So the strength differential is humongous. 
I mean, we have seen Kane do pretty crazy stuff, but that was when he was still immortal. Technically, I don't think that his strength has changed. So since he managed to fight Amenadiel pretty well for a good amount of time. While being killed nine times. Well, duh. But I think with the blade in his hand, he might be a little bit more of a opponent to Lucifer than if he only was holding a handgun. However, Lucifer seems very overconfident about the situation until he gets slashed for the first time. Yep, and this must hurt. I mean, I don't think there was any blood, so I would assume that he just ruined his suit. Nope, there was blood. Didn't notice, but possible. You're probably right. You know me. I made sure to pay closest attention to this. And now there's this moment. The fight isn't very long. Which also very plausible to me. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And Lucifer says the name of the episode. He turns Cain's hand around and stabs him with the knife. And this is the debate that I wanted to have now that we had the last scene. Does this technically count as killing a human? Because technically he has stabbed himself with his own hand. Okay, I'm gonna ask a very stupid question. You have a sibling. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had the fun thing where your sibling takes your hands and starts hitting yourself with your own hands? Yeah. Who's hitting you in that moment? Me. No, your sibling. That's a difference, yeah. I don't, like, listen, yes, morally, again, morally, I absolutely agree with you. This is a doing by the other person. But technically, and like, I know that I I am insisting on mentioning this because I am pretty sure this is going to be something that's going to be brought up in the future of the show. They're going to have to deal with this. He was not supposed to kill a human. Yes. Morally, he just murdered Cain. Technically, I think on the technicality, he did not. And I think this is what he's going to try to pass it out on as. That's why I'm so strong on this on this side. Like, I want this to be considered. And I think that on no level it can be argued that Lucifer did not just kill Cain. I mean, swore it's... to him he would. And he says, I'm a devil of my word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like in, my, in my brain, there is no room to argue any other possible outcome than Lucifer just killed Cain. Even though Cain takes quite a long time to actually die with the fucking knife in his chest. So maybe Lucifer should just have pulled it out to hurry up the process because when you have a stab wound, you actually bleed out faster when you remove the knife. I think that he needed to get into his head a little bit. I think he needed a conversation that they had, you know, because Cain is presenting himself as this, I don't regret anything and I never done anything wrong. And Lucifer makes sure that Cain realizes that he is indeed going to hell because of Charlotte, because that one murder out of all those thousands of people that he murdered over the years, this one person is the one that matters. So I actually really liked the situation. Also, it went the other way around as well, because Cain did get into Lucifer's head. Yeah, which is why I say it would have been better if Lucifer had just pulled out the knife to have Cain die faster, because it doesn't matter if you consciously or unconsciously are aware 
that you deserve hell. And I'm pretty sure Kane was unconsciously aware that killing Charlotte was not right. Mm -hmm. So I think the Lucifer talking to Kane part was not necessary for Kane being sent to hell. But on the flip side, Kane getting into Lucifer's head actually is not good because this is what we're now going to see when Lucifer's eyes flash for the third time in the season, this time they flash red and not golden like they did before. I feel like they at the beginning were golden and then they kind of gotten a red notes in there. And then after a little bit, I think that it started, I feel like it started out as golden and then it kind of goes into the red. I'm gonna go back, freeze frame it, because I'm pretty sure they are red from the beginning. Because the big difference that we have seen in the season when his eyes flashed gold was when he was fueled by righteousness, by righteousness, by justified rage, mm -hmm. which is also why it felt completely understandable to me that his eyes are red and not golden because he has now killed a human, which as his upbringing has instilled in him is a thing an angel may not do. Mm -hmm. And he is fueled by base emotion and not righteousness and that for me is the reason why red eyes and why now the return of the devil face it would make absolute sense yeah and of course this is the moment where chloe shows up because the show loves to torture us and all of their characters in the worst ways possible also i don't think lucifer realizes that his devil face is back Probably. Just like he didn't realize in the beginning when it was gone and everything. So, yeah. But I have to say, Chloe's facial expression when she sees the devil face. Ah, this is not gonna go well. Well, here we go. We finally got what you were asking for for the last three seasons. So let's yeah. see what's gonna come out of that. But with that being the last frame of the episode, I'm just gonna slide into my thoughts and I need to say stuff. So <laughs> I am very glad that they killed Kane off. I am very, very pissy that the last thing he managed to do is to poison Lucifer's mind. But as I mentioned, I am also glad that Lucifer got to do that in return about Charlotte because I hope that Cain will suffer for killing her. Which also brings up again a question that we've talked about before and we didn't really get into much this episode and that is since he didn't feel guilty about anything that he's done beforehand, even though he hurt so many people, would he actually go to heaven? He seemed to think so. He seems to think so and we've had this debate about psychopaths and feeling guilt and stuff like that. And I think that might be an interesting um, topic for our summoning episode. So if we choose to debate that, it's a possibility. If you want us to debate this, send us an email. Anyway, I am glad that he's gone completely. I am glad that he won't be hanging over our heads anymore. And I am also glad that his death wasn't anything epic or big because he didn't deserve the attention. And the same way as sometimes some villains are given much more attention in their final moments. I don't like that. So I'm glad that this was like very une uneventful. And then two other things in this episode. I am super glad about Mace and Linda and the fact that they said sorry to each other and they hugged it out. I am 
also glad as that we know that Mace is back to baby Stin Trixie because as we mentioned in the episode even though we haven't actually seen it it seems that she is trying to make amends and I really really hope that Dunn will find a way to deal with Charlotte being gone and I also really really hope that Chloe will be able to deal with the fact that Lucifer is the actual devil and she just saw his devil face so that's me I of course also have many many opinions and feelings at faults. Shocking. Who could have seen this coming? And also, this is going to be a slight mix of episode and season summary because it was very impossible for me to keep this completely separate. So I have several points I want to talk about. First, I am 1000% on board with a Man Deals theory. It makes perfect sense. It is a very easy storytelling tool since it is apparently mostly affected by the unconscious thought and feeling and it explains all the weird power fails and working in the last three seasons. For example, looking at a Manadiel losing his powers and himself while he struggles with his purpose, then still being able to save Linda's life at the end of season two and then getting his wings back at the end of this season. I'm also pretty sure this won't make it at all that much easier for Lucifer in the future because no one hates themselves as much as the devil for some reason. <laughs> Second point, the devil phase returning fits perfectly in this theory as well since Lucifer did just A. kill random fuck humans and B. kill pierced out of base emotions like revenge which both in his upbringing and core beliefs does not fit with the angel side of him but more with the devil side. Thirdly, Charlotte's death being the reason Cain will suffer for eternity in hell is a tiny drop on my resentment fire. I still hate with a passion that she got killed, but I appreciate that her death will be the reason Cain gets the punishment that he deserves. Fourth, Chloe is finally in the know. I have been asking for this since basically episode one. From her expression, she is not gonna deal well with this. My assumption is that at least the first half of season four is gonna deal with her not dealing well with this. Fifth, my heart breaks for Daniel and I hope that they deal with his grief in an adequate manner. Kevin Alejandro killed this episode acting wise so I am hoping for more screen time for Dan while they deal with his grief. Sixth, I adored the team working together all three of them but especially all four of them. This is exactly the base vibe from season two that I was missing and that I want back so I'm hoping for a lot more of this in season four. Seven, I am very skeptical about the quick restoration of Linda and Maze's relationship. The verbalized apology from Maze was a very good touch but I do hope that this gets a bit more depth in season four because to me the resolution was not adequate in comparison to what caused the rift. And lastly for this episode, I am curious for the reasoning that we'll get for why Amenadiel will return to Earth. Because I'm sure that he will return since D.B. Woodside is a regular cast member. I think as a season, season three suffered from several things. It suffered from being too long. It suffered from having too many filler episodes, even though some of those were really, really good. It suffered from inconsistent character developments and behaviors. And Mostly it suffered from a very convoluted storyline with Kane, Cinnamon, Chloe's effect on immortals, unconscious influence and way too many side plots like Charlotte and Dan or Mace and Linda or the love triangle which all did not get enough time for themselves to be enjoyable and satisfactory resolved. 
I know that season four is shorter, so I hope we get uh, more dense storytelling with stable developments, less chaotic character progress and a consistent focus on all of our beloved characters and we'll see how it plays out. Because, spoiler, I remember exactly one scene from season four. <laughs> Nothing else. Another extra thing. The season four is shorter, that is true. But because we are moving from Fox to Netflix, the episode length is going from 41 minutes to 50. Nice. And with this, we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank you. Bye. Bye.